I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Supercoach Edge for the round 18 review and round 19 preview. Well, we've had horror rounds before, but this was such a haunting tale to the level that not even Stephen King could have produced. We hoped it was all just but a bad dream. But with every passing day from early in the week, it just got worse and worse. We had confirmation first off that Dunks would miss a second week along with Lloyd, obviously uh, due to the concussion the week prior. Then we had Sarong being suspended by the uh, the MRO and Tribunal Lotto. Then Sheldrick was confirmed to miss. Darcy Cameron was then ruled out. Oh, and then Tom Green was ruled out for three weeks with a hamstring injury. Oh, okay. We thought we'll have to rely on our bench depth for color. Well, the havoc extended to there as well with the likes of Seamus Mitchell rested, Dev Robertson, the starting sub, and Marek omitted. Oh, well. We thought, we thought until things changed, of course, courtesy of Simo, which I'll get into a little bit later. And you'll notice the title of this episode is a play on words, of course, of the song by Steeler's Wheel. You might have heard it. It's called Stuck in the Middle with You. But instead of it being... Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am. It's injuries to the left of me, omissions to the right, here I am. Stuck with a donut or two. Which I think really does sum up things to a T. Remember this is remember we can kick off our barbershop quartet. I know we need another another two, but yeah, I'm, holding out, hope. Two. I'm mm. holding out hope. <laughs> but uh, how, how did you feel, Liam? I, I thought honestly the bye weeks were, were over. They're back again with a vengeance. Back again. Absolute horror. Absolute horror. I thought <laughs> I had no I had no zeros, but bloody hell. Some Spot of them like got close. Some of them got close, let's be honest. Um, yeah, it was it was a week. What a week. It was quite what a, a week. week. Just 
want to forget about it. Just want to forget about it. <laughs> Let's forget about it. Let's uh, do that. If you're not following us on socials, we're going to jump straight in. Where we post the latest news, post-match Supercoach scores, and the odd meme or two, which, uh, Damon, you can talk about in a second. Great meme. Oh, yes. We about that. Very, very good meme. <laughs> uh, you can do so via Twitter at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. Damon at 8, blah, blah, blah. Damo at DamoJ88. Myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, search Supercoach Edge, and you'll find us there. But Damon, meme. What was it? Meme? I don't know what you're talking about. We're just we're simply, we're simply quoting something that Jared Whateley said. Oh, yes. That's true. Yeah. And, and he did say it. He might come out and deny it, but... I did hear from the proverbial horse's mouth on 3AW. I think it was on 3AW, isn't he? Or SEN, one of those. Yeah, I heard yeah, him say yeah. it though. And he did mention, he said, Christian Petrarca is to AFL what Gordon Ramsay is to cooking. Whilst Ramsay may have more Michelin stars, Petrarca cooks just as well on the field as he does off it. This is AFL 360. I should have said it the whole thing in his voice, but didn't want to <laughs> impersonate it and, and ruin things because uh, just have to try and find the soundbite of him saying it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just go go searching for it. You'll find it out there. Of yeah, course, was, uh, um, good things. reference because you know Petraka does have that cooking Instagram that he that he has. Exactly. That so was, that makes was, sense. Uh... Makes sense. Not quite as not quite as big a call, I think, though, as his uh, Ryan Myers and <laughs> Lionel Messi. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you were there to witness it live. Oh, I mean, Did you, yeah. were people yelling out <laughs> when he kicked his goal? <laughs> Like in the European leagues. I did see leagues. the uh, the the uh, Argentinian. Is it Argentinian flag? Yeah, flag, it's yeah. Argentinian. Yeah, yeah. Um, in in the stands. Yeah, growing. Um, yeah, it's Argentinian. Of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think there was an Ole uh, call out there at one stage chant going on, which was uh, which was great to hear. Um, but uh, yeah. But let's move on. Let's jump into the next thing. We can move on from Jared Waitley. Again, yeah. just just search it. You'll find it. Yeah. He also he also uh he also slandered uh Elon Musk. So if anyone wants to uh attack oh, yeah. him, like we got attacked last week Stick for to um, footy, Damon. Stick for, to footy. for um talking about uh Twitter and business and and billionaires and whatever. Yeah, we just stick have to, to stick footy. to footy. And so too should uh should Jared. So stay out of politics. Yeah, yep. that wasn't even political. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's jump into it and kick off things with our usual recap in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Very good. Well, for those new to our show in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, we roll through some of the notable and more forgettable performances across the round and touch on how our own teams performed in our head-to-head rivalry as Liam, we wrestle for ultimate supremacy. I think I'm calling it. I'm calling it. I'm waving the white flag. It's happened. Um... (laughs) Finally. Finally. But no, you're still in it, Liam. Am I? Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out if you are. Yeah. (laughs) I think I probably should yeah. have called it a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> I just completely blanked and did not jump into that. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were <laughs> deliberately like holding off because you wanted me to mention the ultimate supremacy because I know you no, hate I doing just, it. <laughs> I just blanked. Uh, you just blanked? I'm in a, I'm in a good state. <laughs> My mind is uh, absolutely cooked uh, today. I am very tired. Let's jump in into the good. Mm, this this burns me as well because I don't have him. The good is Tim English. Oh. The old English breakfast came out and dished up a score on a silver platter. 
more than captaincy worthy to the tune of 173, mm. if you don't mind. It was a very, very welcome in a week of absolute carnage. Mm. Not it so was. welcome for me personally. No, but... was... <laughs> he was my only shining light, I think, for my entire week. Without mm. him, I would have slipped probably another thousand spots. He uh, he saved my week, did the uh, English breakfast, and probably by extension, Hodor, mm. which is um, uh, quite uh, apt because he went down injured again. And he was the only reason why I brought English in initially was when he got injured. Yeah. But um, mm, sliding doors, Damien mm. Barrett style. But anyway, uh, to the bad. And it is well one of many primos underperformed, but Zach Merritt, Zeret, Zachary, whatever you want to call him, after seven tons in a row, so he's he's probably done pretty pretty well, but those feature scores such as 162, 137, 126, 168, and 136 among them. Zeret, well, I think he's probably due for a down game, but it's, it's not good enough, Zeret. It's not good mm. enough. And boy, was it a downer in a down round for all. I like I like the number though. Must say, Merit, well done. Tip of the cap. Did it for two. 69 points. That's the only upside. That's the only thing, is because it's quite funny for childish people like me. But uh, if you're an owner, like both of us and many listeners and watchers out there, um, that's not good enough. No, simply not good enough. Mm. Simply not good enough. Simply the worst. Simply the worst. (laughs) As Tina Turner sang. Um, (laughs) Moving on to the ugly. Uh, It is Romo. The only saving grace here is that Rowan Marshall is owned, thankfully, by at least half of the competition. So we can take solace in that knowing that his his score of just 58 didn't just affect you, it affected 50, 49.999% of other people as well. Yeah, repeating, of course. I'm coming up with 32.33, uh, repeating, of course, percentage of survival. <laughs> Regardless, though, it was not a performance we needed in a week like this. Like, seriously. Come on. There's, well, Come we'll on. delve into it in, in a moment when we go through our teams, but gee whiz, like, we, we thought it was, like, worse. Like, with all the emissions, suspensions, injuries, all that sort of restings. But, like, in round, when players you've brought in, like, at this point of the season, we're all supposed to have had, like, a full team. Yeah. An array of primos, the the cream the cream of the crop, as uh as uh Macho Man would say. But uh they didn't perform like it at all. So due for a bounce back week for sure. That's that's the upside. I'm looking at the positives. With every negative, there has that's to be cool. a positive. The yin and the yang. So hopefully it uh, delivers this coming week. But speaking of yin and yang, let's go through both of our sides, Liam. I don't know which one I am. Am I the yin or are you I the don't yang? Know which one's the, the good yin? one? Uh I don't know. It flips, it changes. Yeah, good point. You can be the yin. I'll be the yang okay. today. Okay. All righty. Well, uh, for the yin team, <laughs> it was a round from hell, and it really did test my bench depth, uh, especially out forward with Dunks and Decam missing uh, for my team, as as they would have for, for most. So with Seamus being rested, I had to rely on Dev Rob's score as sub, mind you, to cover a virtual zero. And, and first off, I was facing a zero, and then I was hoping – so team sheets that don't announce the subs. So I was like, okay, well, I was looking through the emergencies. I'm like, well, surely Dev Rob has to be a sub. Thankfully he was, but he only came on for like 15, 16 minutes. Thankfully he scored, was it 29 or something? Helped me out. He actually had a scoring rate of 1.3 points a minute 
So mm. he scored out of his absolute enormous. But, and I was happy with that. A day later, fast forward. Turns out Simo did me so dirty. Just just raw. By bringing Marek in to the side as a late in, meaning I could have just played him and it actually saw me miss out on an extra 38 points that I could have got by playing Marek. That would have also seen me hold my rank inside the top 1K, which is yep, oh, a spoiler hurts. alert. A spoiler alert. I slipped in rank to now sit 1,015th overall after scoring a grand total of 2,327. So whilst it isn't overly bad, it was blow par. And as you all know, I've been been holding out for that top K 1K spot. And I had it and I've just lost. It's just slipped out of my hands already. So frustrating is an understatement. The only upside for my week, as I mentioned earlier, was nailing English as my VC option. And it turned out he was the only primo that uh, really did perform with many dishing up absolute shite with Sinclair 67, Zeret 69, Niels 75, and Romo's 58, highlighting all of that shitness. Oh, and did I mention I forked out 100K to trade Green, who of course was ruled out for three weeks uh, heading into the round. I traded him to Sicily thinking it'd be a great Uber pod primo move. Well, he too served up just 58 after being tagged by Jack Siebel of all people at one stage. Like what an absolute slap in the face. Like the guy who started as the sub mm. who we critiqued last week for starting as a sub came on early and oh, it's just gee whiz. But oh well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this week behind me and, mm. and I'm hoping, hoping like all of us, the Dunks and DCAM can return to give me a full primo side for the first time this season so fingers crossed we'll see what happens we'll see what happens but liam how did your yang side go putrid yeah that yanged putrid it's yanged (laughs) (laughs) Yanged oh that's all i can say 2186 was my score i just had a count just while we were talking 12 of my starting of my players scored below 100 oh 12. Gee, 12. I might as well have had zeros. I had Wardlaw scoring 30 on field. Oh, I had subbed as well through concussion. Weddle yep. scoring 51. I had, I mean, Zeret obviously 69, Marshall 58, Neil 75, Walsh 87, Mills 84. In fairness, I did have Led 151, obviously. I had. Libba 149. Um Dacos yeah. 130. Dawson 126. But just the the big again, it was like yin and yang. Mm. Um kind of high like high high scores and low scores. Um and not really much in between. Yeah. Um it hurt. Just definitely mean that meant that, you know, without the big scorers in English. Houston and gone. I was always going to be on the back foot. Um, but with scores like that, I couldn't make up any ground. Uh, I did end up in terms of trades. I opted to trade out the Riddler. Didn't trust that his knee issue. I just didn't trust Essendon. Basically. I thought mm. he might be laid out or at the yep. very least, if he wasn't, I thought he'd probably be hampered by it. So I traded him to Sicily because of course I wouldn't. He's the cream of the crop. Yes. He was not the cream of the crop. He, he was, was the, not. He was the sour milk. He was yeah. He was the off milk. Yeah, had lumps in it. Yeah, I was gonna say I had a skin on it, you know. And you have like 
hot hot chocolate and it has oh, like yeah, the skin the on skin. top because the milk the milk's like pretty much burnt. So it develops yeah. the skin. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It puts milk. the skin on the milk or else it gets the hose again. And I also uh moved on Tom Green uh ah, for yes. Ben Hobbs. Um bit of a pod um mm-hmm. option to play in my forward line. Um he scored 68. Wasn't too good, wasn't too bad. Um considering I don't think a single Essendon player turned up in that game. So yeah. not too concerned by a 68 this week. Um had bigger issues this week across yeah. both sides. Yeah, um, but primos. just hopefully, yeah, primos yeah. were my bigger issue. So hopefully next week or this coming week, this weekend is kind to us all. Mm. And at least, at least Ben Hobbs actually scored more than Sicily. So yeah. it turns out that that was like the better trade. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, well, I should have, anyway, I should have just traded great. All of my trades, my last three trades, none of them, I'm net negative, I think, overall oh, with geez. them. Yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Like it's just every week there's curveballs, there's injuries, there's suspensions, knock on wood, because there's been a, a fair time between drinks. Mm. Um, but uh yeah, it's it's been shitful. But does that that now puts you down to are you two trades or one trade like me? I have just the one left. Uh, and I will be like holding on to that one very tightly, I think now. Yep, I'll be doing the exact it's same. Bank so it. let's, let's hold not it use it. Yeah, let's hold it. Gonna keep it for the rest of the year. I think just just uh just deviating slightly. Uh, <laughs> just having a look back at last year, I used my or I kept my last trade up until I used it round twenty. That's kind of what I normally do. I think like on the cusp of, or pretty much the first week of Supercoach finals. Yeah. Um. So round twenty, I used my last two trades. Um, and then the round the, the year prior to that, round nineteen. So I'm pretty much on par at the moment, but uh, mm, I'll mm. just hold it. I'll just hold it. Hold it. Go a little bit further. Use that as an achievement. But uh, anyway, Liam, let's uh, round it out with our head-to-head, of course, where we wrestle for the ultimate supremacy. <laughs> and uh, our head-to-head, I must say, was probably the only matchup I won across my entire weekend in my leagues. Oof. Such was how horrid it was. But um, I, again, I can't complain because I know how – bad a week you had in comparison to mine. So um puts my week and round in, into perspective. So I will not be complaining from here on out. No, we should all complain. We should all complain. Mm. I am going to officially wave the right flag here though. No. I really don't think I can come back. You literally can't because there's only what six rounds to go on. There's a deficit of 12 wins you need to make up. Double points. <laughs> Actually, let's do that. Double no, points. Let's not do that. Let's <laughs> let's not That's do such that. A good idea. Week one, I will be like an extra. I'll already be out of it after week one. <laughs> no, there's only double points that apply to you, only single to me. So there's like a literally a handicap. A handicap. That's it. That's the word I'm looking oh. for. No, yeah, let's do no. it from here on out. No. Then, yeah, it's not happening. Then it means then it means well, there's only six remaining. So you. You have to win every single week by that case yeah. because there's a 12, 12 uh, what, win deficit or whatever you have to make up. So, oh, well, let's start this weekend, Liam. Let's do it. Is this like <laughs> the old, like, I don't know whether this happened in Ozkick. We used to play, you know, like the footy game at the end or whatever. And then no matter what it was, it was always like, you know, you never kept, like they never really kept score, but you knew he was nah. winning. 
Yeah. Um, but like, like, and then it'd be like, they'd be like wanting it to wind up like, all right, next goal wins. And you're like, yeah, okay. The other team that kicked like 10 goals more than us, but yeah, yeah. Next, next goal wins. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Sure thing. Sure thing. So we'll go by that. The Oz kick rules. Yeah. Yeah. Just Oz kick rules. Um, it's really slap in the face, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll just end the competition from here on out. Oh, but no, it's ultimate supremacy. We need to wrestle every single yeah, week. We, we, we promise, we promise the fans, the listeners, the watchers. Yes, we are. In terms of wins, losses, uh, I have three wins. Damon, you have 15 wins. Mm. I could catch up. You can catch up. Maybe uh, handicap next year. I just need, uh, I just need, next yeah, I just need like all of your side to, to miss this week. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Do you see the, uh, speaking of which, um, the COVID rumor that someone like a troll made on Twitter. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I knew it was like, it was, had to be, it was, it was Donald Trump fake news, but it was like, the guy impersonated a journo and changed his profile picture and stuff. And so oh, many people really? knew it was, yeah. And uh, Jackson Davey uh, called him out and he ended up changing his profile picture to that of Jackson Davey's profile picture. <laughs> yeah. I just don't get why people do it. Yeah, I know. For their own enjoyment. Because it's like they're the only person that's in on the the gag, if you could call it a gag or like yeah. trolling. So I don't know. Some warped yeah, folks yeah. out there. But um, anyway. Let's move on, Liam. Let's uh, let's delve into all things uh, fluctuations of pricing and rookies, which there are none at the moment. But there's primos in the horizon. There's cheap. There ones. are some rookies, actually. Oh, there are a couple. Okay, yeah. let's find out who they are. In the Price Is Right. Show me the money. For those of you tuning in for the first time, weird time to start, but. You do you, boo. Uh, the price <laughs> is right. Is the segment where we discuss potential trades, trade targets from week to week, and uh, whether a specific player in question should even be traded at all. Mm. Uh, let's kick off, Damon, with our what we usually kick off with, and it's going, going, gone. Yes. Uh, first up, we have, or we only really have this one player in this category. And it is because it's must trade. It's Angus Sheldrick, mid forward, priced at 346.8K, averaging a 60 with a break even of 43. And uh, after having surgery for a syndesmosis injury on Friday, we can all but rule, rule him out for the season. If you've still got him, move him on. He won't feature for the rest of the season. And that's too much cash simply to just hold on your bench. So you might as well move him on. Um, and yeah, bring in someone that can be of use because. As we know, on the weekend, uh, we need as many warm bodies we as we can get. Mm. And it's uh, it's going to happen again. It always happens. We've been warning you. First-time players, um, stick with us. And, uh, yeah. We'll get you warm through. Bodies. Yeah, we'll get you through. We'll get you through. Yep, agreed. Move him on. Uh, now let's move on to On the Chopping Block. And these are guys that you can probably hold. Um, but you can also trade just really comes down to your individual situation. Um, I think as the season goes on, we'll probably be talking more in terms of on the topic block for most trades, because with dwindling trades, you really can't trade just yeah. for the sake of it. But uh, let's kick off with Jack Zebel. He is defender forward eligible, 418.8K, averaging 96.93.60, with a break-even of 139. And he was named as the sub for the second time this season. So he is no longer necessarily reliable as a best 22 performer. I don't think he'll continue to be 
the sub? Like, surely not. Surely mm. he comes in. But I think the concern is that the fact that he's currently doing it might mean that in the coming weeks, even if he does get a game, a full game this week um, or next week, he might become the sub again later on. And as we get closer to Supercoach finals, I think it's better to cut him loose if you can. Um, if you can play him off the bench, probably not a bad option. Um, mm. But again, it's a lot of cash to be sitting on your bench mm. if you if you don't really have a viable F6 or D6 option. Yeah, spot on. It's surprising as well that he's still in 16.4% of teams. Mm. That's incredible. I mean, he's uh, the height of his ownership was 32.2 back in round 11, and people started jumping off when his break even started to rise, and he was sort of losing um, opportunity in in defense. Um, but yeah, now like he's he's already dropped 28.1k on the weekend, and with that high break even, he's projected to lose close to another 30k. So now's the time to jump off, I think, more than anything, if you are fielding him. That is, um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, maybe you could hold him as a bit of cover. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of other options that will roll through in a moment who are cheaper and probably more reliable. So, um, keep an ear out for that. And, uh, let's move on to next up. We have Tom Green midfielder priced at 594 K averaging a 106.3 with a break even of 112. And, uh, you would have heard he suffered a hamstring injury prior to the weekend mm. and did miss, of course, uh, you'd expect it's likely he misses at least another week, uh, if not two, because they initially ruled him out for up to three weeks, uh, could be more. Um, but if he does miss the next two rounds, that means he's going to miss a third of the rest of the season, if that makes sense. So the remaining games of the season, he's missing a third. So there's what, six rounds to go, two weeks out, two, four, six. That's a third of the season. If that's uh, just simple math for those Thanks people who have no idea. for the maths lesson there, Damon. <laughs> no worries. Call me Professor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you may, may need to get a bit more aggressive, I think, to make some ground in the rankings more than anything. Um, that's yeah, that trade probably thing. becomes more aggressive. Yeah. It's a hard one. Like, if it is just two weeks, you can probably hold him. Mm. Oh, it's hard. Because he's actually yeah. not he's, – he's scored reasonably well – in his last three games. Like I think he's had one downer not last week and the weekend before, mm. but his two games before that were decent one twenty five ish off memory. Yeah. Mm. Makes it hard. Yeah. If you've already held him for a week as well, that's the other thing. It's just yeah. like the time to trade him was like hitting into the weekend to really capitalize on making up for those lost points mm. um, by bringing in someone then and there and not having to rely on a rookie. I mean, it depends who you are using to cover him um, and how many points they could sort of bridge the gap with. But yeah, if you're having to rely on an unreliable rookie, um, yeah, I think it probably speaks for itself that, yeah, considering that he's missing again, another third of uh, the remaining games. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I would probably trade him more than anything, but yeah, at that price point as well, you get some, uh, some juicy options. Yeah, exactly. Good, easy trade there. Um, moving on to his teammate, this Kieran Briggs, Ruck eligible, 505.5K, averaging 106.9 with a break-even of 102. Now, two of his last three scores have been below 100. So that was an 87 and a 79. Um, in sandwich in between them was a score in, I think it was 107 off the top of my head. <laughs> so if you do have the trades um, up your sleeve, you could move him on. Could move him on. You could keep him. 
it's this is where it kind of gets a bit more con, not confusing, but a bit more interesting because his fixture for the rest of the season, it's a bit of a mixed bag of lollies. So mm, I like this. Now I don't know. Journey. What do we like? The raspberry lollies? Is that like what's yep. what's peak? What's peak mixed bag? Like lollies? the raspberry like raspberry frogs I used to love. Yes, raspberry frogs, the red frogs. Yeah, red frogs are good. Or like a snake, um, like a red snake. Even. Yeah, snake. Yes, that's it. Yeah. That's it. All right. So the red snake. Yep. Are they the games against Port, Sydney, and Western Bulldogs? They give away a lot of points to opposition Ruckman. Interesting. Because they're all they're all hard teams as well. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? But like I mean, I guess at least Sydney, two of three. Yeah, Sydney, Port really don't really go in with a really recognized Ruckman half the time. Mm, true, yep. Um Sydney, I mean the drop ticky. Yeah. <laughs> um English is the interesting one that he gives away yeah. a lot of points to opposition Ruckman, but yeah. I guess he probably isn't as big a tap Ruckman as others, but yeah. Yep. It's an interesting one. I don't know where we how we how we look into that one. Um, but all right, then on the opposite side, the opposite side, the worst side of the mixed bag of lollies. I'm going to say the black cat. Yeah. Did you, yeah, did you, did you ever cat. get them? I don't know. Some people yes. really, yeah, it's yeah, a no. love it or hate it type thing, but I don't yeah. know, it leaves the residue on your, on your tongue. Yeah. It's Dislike not like them. traditional licorice. It's just, ugh, I don't know. It's a weird yeah. imitation. Turkish I was also going to go really harsh with the bananas. I really don't like bananas. Oh, okay. That, I reckon that's another one that uh, is either you love it or hate it. Like there's no yeah. in between. No, I hate bananas. I must say I'm on the side of, I don't, I'm partial to a banana. Do you like, do you like, <laughs> do you like, um, do you like milk bottles? Or I can eat them. Like if they're left in the bag, I'll eat them. Yeah, but okay. I'll, so I wouldn't, wouldn't like... be like one of the first things to, yeah. to eat, to grab. What about, what, what's your least favorite color snake? Or probably a yellow, I reckon, between yellow yeah. and green. No, I think green's the worst. Green's the worst? Yeah. So Even it's actually quite funny. Taste the same. <laughs> so, yeah, probably. They're all the same flavor, actually. It's just yeah. the color. Um, Jackie Jackie really likes the green ones. And I'm like, it's perfect because oh, yeah, she, she likes the green ones. I don't like the green ones. We both don't mind the red, but like, we both like red ones, obviously, because who doesn't love a red snake? Yep. Um. Unless you're a psycho. Unless, yeah, exactly. Um, and then she doesn't like the yellow. I don't really dislike the yellow. But like yeah, I don't, okay. don't love it. But she hates the orange ones and I love the orange ones. What? So it's like perfect. It's actually great. We can just I love how this bag is just, of lollies and it just works. Yeah. I love how this anyway, is dull. Yeah, this, this is like is we're really, delving to lolly chat. But people will be on. Really Let different. us know as well in the comments as, yeah. to, as to what your favorite is in terms of colors. Because I would rank it, yeah, um, red. Yep. Orange. Yeah. Um, then it's traditionally like it's green and yellow, isn't it? Yeah. There aren't any other colors apart from that? No, not really. It's like the, the primary colors. Yeah. Apart from there's no blue. Um, but anyway. Yeah that's, that's, yeah. that's kind of, that's it. So the green, the green lolly games <laughs> for Briggs <laughs> are Gold Coast and Essendon who, yeah, give away a harder to score against for opposition Ruckman. So I think he's only got one other game there and it's Carlton and they're kind of neither good nor bad to score against. They're kind of, you get your average. Middle of the road. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it kind of throws in the op- like the opportunity could go relatively big in his last few games, but he gets mm-hmm. those polar opposites again. That being said, though, Flynn is always just waiting in the wings. 
Mm. Um, and I love how every time they play on a Sunday, they just add him to the extended yeah. bench. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Just a mess with all owners. No, please don't do it. <laughs> you do have the trades, though. You could move him on to Gorn. Mm. Could be a nice little upgrade, but yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. Depends how many trades you have left. It depends if you're relying on him. The problem with Briggs is that he's kind of like an anti. No, he's kind of like he's a pod. He's a pod, yeah. but it affects you when you have. If you have like this week, if you had like me, Marshall and Briggs, that ruck line hurt. Like yeah. didn't even collectively score as much as um English and didn't even get close to collectively scoring more than Gorn. Like yeah. that's the issue hard. with the uh with with the pods, isn't it? Like yeah. they can they can hurt you so much, but they can also benefit yeah. you more because yeah, obviously low ownership. So that's, that's kind of the risk you take when going for pods. Um, yeah. And a lot of, a lot of these players that we'll mention uh, and we have mentioned, uh, or sorry, we will mention uh, in terms of getting them in, they are pods. Um, mm. So that's part of the reason is like, at least the ones that we will mention have a bit of solid scoring behind them um, because I know there are some coaches out there, some that uh, we know quite well in. Um, that go for uh, for players that are pods, but that don't traditionally have the uh, you know high scoring in their repertoire. That don't have you know best twenty two job security. Um, <clears throat> so that's one thing with Briggs is that like this is the first time that we're seeing score at this level. So there's no real, I guess, security in seeing what is if he's been able to score like this in the past. So the games that we're seeing at the moment, the ebbs and flows, we're seeing a bit more of a, a sample size just grow virtually. Like you, you, a bit of a bit of a guinea pig, I think, as an owner at the moment um, for future ownership when it comes to Briggs, if that makes sense. So um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. But um, yeah, it is what it is. And yeah, as you said, it comes down to how many trades you got. Yeah, agreed entirely. Very nice. Well, uh, let's move on to the juicier part of the trade segment, and it is get them in. And uh, there's a there's a juicy, juicy uh, man here, mm. and it is the running man himself, Took Miller. He's priced at 518K, averaging a 101.3 with a break-even of 103. And the running man, so he scored 101 in his second game back from a knee injury on the weekend. But the most pleasing part of this game was the fact that he was gifted back his usual CBAs with 64% after playing just 17% in a largely forward role last round. He's just in 4% of teams. So when talking about pods, uh, he is definitely mm-hmm. one. Um, and is a very, very handy pod at that, considering he was owned by 20% of the competition earlier in the season with uh, many, many predicting he would be in the top eight scoring um, mid-bracket, which uh, I was of that opinion as well. And uh, Liam, I think you might have been sort of veering towards that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. start with him. But uh, was looking to bring him in around about the buys. And yeah, he uh, obviously had that injury and has been out for a fair while. But uh, off the back of that, that has seen his price plummet. So he is at that juicy price range at the moment. He is, of course, still building up to full fitness. So has definite scoring upside off the back of that alone, having played 76% time on ground on the weekend, which is up from 69% in his first return game. However, it's still below the 85 to sort of 90% he was averaging mm. prior to his injury. So for perspective, his rate of scoring on the weekend was 1.16 points a minute, which is around par with what he produced in full games when he was scoring 120 plus, sort of at a minimum. And if we extrapolate that scoring rate out across a full game of 90% of that 1.16 points a minute, he'll be scoring between 130 and 140. So it's fair to say he has yet to hit his ceiling 
and all he needs is a full game. So that's going to come with time. So um, the ability is there. He's, he hasn't lost anything um, despite that knee injury, which is pleasing to see. So uh, if you're looking for a mid- midfielder, um, and when we speak of getting rid of, say, a Tom Green, um, even a oh, Jack Zeebel is probably a little bit out of the range, but like a Tom Green, downgrading him to Took Miller, that's going to gift you uh, around about 76K roughly. Mm-hmm. Um which is handy if you've got other trades up your sleeve as well um, for sideways trades or even upgrades if you're looking to do that as well. Agreed. Um, massive one to get in if you can. Good price, good scoring average. Um, and I think it's just important to remember that he won't be anywhere near the top eight mids for the rest of the season no. uh, by season's end. Um, but from this point of the season on, he could be. So trading him in now, it's only about – it's only about the points that you're going to get from now until the end of the season. So think about his average. Um, and if he can average, if he can score better than, I don't know, who else he might bring in at this stage of the season. Yeah, he's one to get in. But I think at 518K, he should fit in very nicely into most teams if you if you are looking for your last midfield option or if you are looking to trade Tom Green out. Absolutely. Let's move on to the next guy, another midfielder. And we did speak about him last week. It is LDU, Luke Davies, Uniaki. Uh, he's obviously a midfielder, 550.9K, averaging 110 on the dot and a break-even of 51. And he has hit hard, back hard, sorry, on return from on his return from injury, buttering up from his 134 in the week prior to score 129 against the Hawks on the weekend. This is in line with the scores he was producing in the early rounds prior to injury striking. So it certainly validates those of us that started or jumped on him thinking he could push for a top eight scoring mid spot, which he is certainly producing now. And this again goes to the point that we were making um, or I made earlier about Took Miller um, Mm. is that it's not about him being a top eight mid. It's from him being a top eight mid from the point of the season where you trade him in. Mm. Um, It is those former owners like us who will be familiar though with his injury woes. But for non-owners, consider this as a warning. If he is truly over his hamstring and foot injuries, though, he could be one of the bigger pods on the run home at just 6.8% ownership. And I think we also have to look back and I can't remember off the top of my head, but he went absolutely bananas on the run home last year. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, I'm just getting his stats up while we speak. Yeah, it was, but, it was literally after the buy. Um, yeah, he went on an absolute run. He had an 88 the week after the buy, but then he went 124, 149, 110, 104, 68, 119, 141, and 95. So mm. some very, very big scores in there. Yeah, he's uh, he's great, isn't he? Like, um, I had him in my team. Uh, Liam, you had him in yours as well. Yeah. Uh, and I was, we were both quite bullish. We spoke about him at length during the preseason uh, for those people that uh, didn't tune in at that stage um, and are new to our podcast and vodcast. But um, we sort of spoke of him up there with the likes of a Tom Green. He, he was, yeah. for me, he was very, very hard to split between Greeny and him. And I think it was just the fact that Green was showing the scoring in the preseason, which trumped him, which trumped um, LDU. So I'm, if 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 the season finished now, looking to 2024, he would be one of my first picked. I reckon mm. I'd still have faith in him. Um, and yeah, as you say that 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 run of scoring towards the back end of last year, um, the fact that he started the season like a house on fire this year, 
before he got injured. He had hamstring injuries, knee niggle. Um, he had a heel issue as well. Yeah. Um, so a whole range of things, the poor bloke. Um, but it looks as though now he's already recapturing that form that he showed in his first two games of the season where he kicked it off with 143 and a 155 to start the year. And then the injury started to hit and he was underdone and was scoring, you know, 70s, 60s, that sort of stuff. But yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's back in form, I think. But it's just, yeah, that that injury worry and still in the same season, obviously, where he's had the um, those issues. So if they crop up again, who knows? Well, Liam, let's uh, move on to the next option, and it is a very, very juicy one at that. Mm. Uh, probably won't get much cheaper than this, uh, and it is Georgie Boy. He's back. Georgie Boy Hewitt uh, as a midfielder. Unfortunately, he's not a defender mid uh, that we knew and loved last year. Uh, he's priced at 259.8K. 259.8K. Insane. He's averaging a 62.7, which you know, you're like, yeah, well, okay, that's pretty crap, but Hear me out. His break even is 53. So, Georgie boy, he's had four consecutive weeks mm. of being the starting sub, which has seen his price plummet to ridiculous depths, almost as, as deep as uh, as the Titanic, potentially. Too soon. Um, I'm the king of the world! <laughs> he's actually 353.5K cheaper than his starting price. I was going to make a really inappropriate joke. But anyway, go on. Say no, it. I can't do now's, it. Now's the time. No, I've already, I've already made it. I was referencing the Titan. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm course. not saying it. <laughs> are you, are you going to say that George Hewitt's going to implode if he gets any lower? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. I, I've already. We've already had a go at one billionaire this week. Uh, I can't do it to another. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty much like I'm nailed then uh, because I just had two poor <laughs> poor taste jokes. But anyway, uh, the fact with Georgie boy, he's actually finally getting ample game time, courtesy of Matt Kennedy going down with injury, and was able to punch out a score of 78 on the weekend with 53% CBAs, which is on par with all of Kennedy's previous CBAs. So he's pretty much consumed all of that leftover CBAs there. His role and spot in the team. Should be a solid from here on out. And we only need to remember back to last season as to how good his scoring can be when he uh, sort of hits his ceiling. Uh, this season so far, he's scored 89, 88, 93, 124, 88, 85 in six of his eight full games this season. So that really does speak to his value uh, at his current price point. I mean, that's kind of equivalent of a, you know, the price are a little bit a little bit more expensive compared to Sheasel, who was 190 mm. odd, um, who was punching out those scores and we're like, geez, that's incredible. Uh 60k more, and you're getting the same sort of thing with Georgie Hewitt, who has uh very rock solid job security. And the weekend reminded us also of how valuable bench cover will be across the remainder of the season. So if you have a cash cow like say Seamus Mitchell or Matt Roberts, um, sorry, not not Matt Roberts, Matt uh Johnson from Frio, that you're keen mm-hmm. to cash in, consider Hewitt as there are virtually no genuine rookies, apart from maybe a Boomer Jr., uh, really to rely upon uh, with scoring ability and at job security. So uh, you get both of those in spades by going to him. And just for reference as well, Seamus Mitchell, is priced at 386.8K. Downgrade to him, you get 130, 120-odd K in the kit for another sort of primo upgrade if you still need to upgrade the rest of your team. You've got uh, trays in hand. So I'd be more willing to go down to him, get the cover, as opposed to going down to another high-priced rookie. I agree. Even Sheldrick, you go down to him, you're getting mm. 
80 odd K, I think off the top of my head. Yep. Like that just seems logical. Yeah. <laughs> so no like, yeah. It's points and money. And they're really, and really there, if you've got Sheldrick or Johnson or Seamus at this stage of the season, other than for obviously injury cover, you probably wouldn't need to play him. No. Um, so you're really bringing Hewitt onto your bench. And I know we, t- we spoke about the fact that 259K is a lot to have on your bench. Um, or 200, we we're speaking about um, Sheldrick at 346. It's a lot to have on your bench. But I think if you've got the trades um, and the cover, I think Hewitt presents as better cover than most others and could be a good loop option as well, not just mm. cover. Yeah, um, that's a fair point. In, because In saying that. Yeah, like a lot of people, uh, well, if you're in my position, um, Keller Mills, he is my yeah. M8. He's not the most reliable. If you've got Keller Mills as your, yep. yeah, he's, my, he's yeah, not the mate. most reliable at all. So you could potentially, depending on how fixtures uh, line up for the run home, you could potentially, you know, if Carlton has an early game, Sydney has later games, um, you have the emergency on Hewitt and then loop on his score if he goes bananas, otherwise keep Mills on field. So that's kind of the looping side of things, which we haven't really delved into as yet, which we may discuss in coming rounds, but um, yeah, the name of the game at the stage anyway, with uh, the amount of carnage that we saw on the weekend is just pure cover. Um, and the other thing I should mention as well, he's got to be one of the biggest pods around. He's in 0% of teams. He's in just 836 teams. Yeah. Wow. So um, he's the, yeah. the pot of pods. Mm. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Um, Moving on to the next guy. Max Gorn, what a game. Ruck, Ruck okay. eligible, obviously. 566.7K, averaging 101.8 with a break-even of 24. And Gorny, what can we say? Miss so Gorny. He made a lot of people say? Gorny. Mm. Made a lot of a lot of owners Gorny. Jeez, he was, uh, he was immense. Absolutely immense. Um, that was just an absolute reminder of what he can do when he is the solo Ruck and why... Why he was the super coach staple for so long. Mm-hmm. A score of 215 was his highest ever score by three points on the weekend. Um, yes. But the question, I think, before we look at trading him in is, will Grundy come back into the side? I know Goodwin claimed they wanted Grundy to find some form in the VFL, which was interesting considering that Casey had the bye this week in yeah. the VFL. <laughs> um, I love when, sorry, just I love when coaches do that, like, people can't figure that out. Yeah. Like why, why say it? Just say he needed a rest or, you know what I mean? Like just. Yeah. Anyway. They, 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 they make us for fools, Liam. Seriously. It's called fools. the internet. Do you know that Google yep. exists? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, you do know that Elon Musk owns Twitter and we can use Twitter. Until we get banned. Depends if you get we... rate limited. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it is another risky play though, uh, to bring in Gorney, but if he does get, he's the number one ruck for Melbourne, um, and holds that without Grundy coming back, he could be some absolutely massive scores, Mm. um, which would be very nice on the run home. Um, especially if you've got a Briggs, like Briggs to Gorn, it's going to cost you about what 60, 60 odd K. Mm. It's just hard. It's hard to know whether he's going to go massive constantly. Um, and what Grundy's going to do to him if he does come back. Because you assume that they're going to bring Grundy back before finals. Yeah, like, you'd think so. 
they have they, they he's such a good player grundy like they can't yeah. just have him languishing they've spent all this money investing in trading for him mm. they've got to find a way to to make it work really um i don't know like if it's just grundy spends more time up forward as opposed to gone like he's he's gone he's in the more effective ruck so play grundy's played up forward and he's you know early days at least at the pies um and resting as well i don't know play him as a high half forward just marking up on the long the wing yeah it's not a bad idea yeah i don't know it's interesting though but uh yeah we'll see how things play out there um but the specter of i guess grundy is now over gone but uh, if gone keeps playing as well as he has uh like he did on the weekend mm. he's going to keep that mantle for the rest of the season surely Mm. Um, but uh, let's move to on the bubble in terms of rookies. So first off, we have Cooper Harvey. So this is Boomer Junior, of course. Uh, mid forward, priced at one seventeen point three k, averaging forty four point five, with a break even of negative twenty two. Has really good job security, uh, being the son of Boomer Harvey. But his scoring potential will be so so so. Should only really be used as a way to gain cash for an upgrade and as a last resort uh, in terms of bench cover. Um, the good thing is, though, the of course has the DPP swing uh, between mm. mid and forward. So if you don't have that swing activated, he's an easy way to try and activate it and uh, yeah, sort of allow for a bit more cover uh, on the run home. Yeah. So now let's move on to Taj Boden, mid forward eligible, one twenty three point nine k, averaging forty eight point five with a break even of. Minus 26. Now, the role that Wobodin plays really isn't that conducive to strong super coach scoring week in, week out. But on top of that, his job security. Mm. Also probably shaky you'd expect playing for a team that is a little bit higher on the ladder than uh, North Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, if it is between these two, I'd lean towards Harvey first. Mm. His job security should be better over the season. You'd expect one being the son of Boomer, but also just playing in a side that's not performing as well um, and really needs to blood the youth. Um, but he's also got a slightly lower price by 6K, uh, which, you know what, every dollar helps. Every dollar helps when you are trying to cash in for an upgrade. So, yeah, I'd probably lean towards Harvey. I think Wobodin probably has a little bit better scoring potential just because he does play for a better side. Mm. Um, but I don't think it's going to be much better uh, than than Cooper Harvey's overall. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. It's much for muchness. They both provide that uh, DPP swing. Uh, they both fight yeah. the Suns as well, just to yeah. uh, better align this, uh, I guess, the sliding doors, compare the comparison, the, the, the mirroring, the compare the pair, exactly right. Um, yeah, so, yeah, much for muchness. Uh, but, yeah, like you, I'll probably go for the one with the better job security, which is probably mm. at this stage, as you said, Cooper Harvey playing for the lower side there. Uh, let's move on and round it out uh, with Sam Banks as a defender midfielder, priced at 123.9K, averaging a 45 with a break-even of negative 19. And his job security probably sits somewhere between my Wodens and Harvey's, but his scoring potential is really pretty much the same. I'd only really choose him over Harvey if you're in need of a defender swing over a forward one. Um, so that's really the only reason why you'd be going for him over mm. the uh, the other two, I think. Yeah, I agree with you entirely there. Um, at this stage, I probably wouldn't have been looking at a rookie, to be perfectly honest. I'd probably be looking at a 102K non-playing loophole. But yep. if you are really wanting some cover, yeah, probably I'd probably go Harvey, Banks, and then Woe Woden. 
uh, in terms of options. Yep. Uh, in terms of upcoming rookies, there's one Jack Paris from the Saints, one twenty nine. Uh, sorry, one twenty three point nine k, averaging. Uh, sorry, just scored the one game. Obviously, this hasn't played that many. Sixty six. Uh, not bad from him, and he is mid-forward eligible, but again, at this stage of the season, probably irrelevant. Very good. Well, Liam, let's delve into – let's not mess about. Let's uh, delve into the next segment, and it is – I'm going to go plunder ye red snakes. Toot, toot. I'm the pirate captain now. <laughs> Look at me. I'm – Captain, no. So, uh, I'm the captain. I really now. tried about... to give you an option of going with it, snakes on a plane, but anyway. Oh, yes, Come I could have been a pilot, Captain. Oh, exactly. Gee whiz, gee whiz. I'll give that one to you. But you know why? Yeah. You know why, Liam? Because yeah. I'm sick of these motherfucking snakes on this <laughs> motherfucking plane. <laughs> oh, the stupidest oh. movie, but so good as well. Uh, anyway yeah but in i'm the captain now we chat about what vc and c options you've got for the upcoming round of sip coach as always we've scratched the data and found through found you the best options for you to consider so first up we have the vice captaincy options in the earlier games liam what say you in the other uh, first game you're familiar yes, with this one i am your mob that was my mob the dons up against the doggies on Friday at 7.50 p.m. at Marvel Stadium. Yes, be nice to be undercover rather than in the elements in Geelong. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's kick off. Zach Merritt, first up, averages 108.5 in his last four against the Doggies with scores of 99, 123, 96, and 116. Is what it is. And speaking of coldness, I must admit, <laughs> Marvel can be just as cold as Geelong just is without true. the wind. Yeah, that um, is true. Just purely because of the fact it doesn't have a soul. It's just soulless and it's just cold, mm. cold-hearted. Does it even have a heart? Yeah, it's not like the G. But um, yes, at least you're out, the, <laughs> you're out of the, uh, the Geelong elements. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but let's move on to the next option, and it is Tim English. Uh, in his last four, he's averaged uh, 127 against the Dons with scores of 123, 204. 105 and 76. So that score is probably more in line with like what he scored in the weekend. Because mm. um, it's going to be interesting, Liam. Is Sam Draper, is he going to return? I don't know. Actually, I don't know what's going to happen with our rucks this week. Mm. Like if Brian, if he rucks against Brian, yeah, God help us. Tim oh. English is going to score 300. Um, Elite. If Draper comes back, probably... Goes well, but not as well. Like might score mm. 120, 120, 130 odd. If Phillips is back, I think the same thing. Phillips is probably the most negating of them all though. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I feel like, I feel like he's more likely to negate. I don't know. We'll wait and see what happens. But we'll yeah, if, if he plays up against uh, Nick Bryan, he's played how many games now? It's like a handful of games. Three, like I think. Yeah. Um, Four maybe. Mm, could be a dream. Tim English's run could be like, what Wits had last year. Yeah. Just come up against, you know, no name. Probably, you Ruckman, know, developing yeah. No, anyway. yeah. But yeah. The inanimate carbon rods, um, <laughs> which describes, uh, what's his name? Brian, Nick Brian, because he is literally just a bean pole. 
Not really. Okay. Yeah, just it's just a carbon rod. Um <laughs> anyway, also in that game, Marcus Bontempelli has an average of 110.5 in his last four. Uh, against the my mob, uh, 115, 123, 105, and 99. Yep, I like him as an option, uh, 100%. This is kind yes. of mirroring um, last round. Uh, it's like, do you go for English? Do you go for Bont? Um, do you go for Dakes? Um, now it's like, do you go for Merit? Yeah, yep. I don't know. But uh, VC sure first up, VC first up in like the first game of the round. Like just the feeling of locking that in, like yeah, as it's a nice. weekend with English, it's such a good feeling. Uh, but then the uh, round turned to shit, so uh, it uh, dissolved away very, very quickly. Uh, but let's move on to the next game, and it is Richmond up against Hawthorne on Saturday at one forty-five PM at the MCG. Just noted as well, no more Thursday games, done and mm. dusted for the season, I think. Um, and this game, we have first up Tim Taranto in his last four. He's averaged ninety-six point two five. Um, and they feature scores of 111, 100, 104, and 70. Um, just don't trust Timmy Taranto, unfortunately. No. Um, in fantasy, I do. Not so much in super coaches because no. his disposal is absolutely putrid. Agreed. Uh, also in that game, don't know if I trust him either, James Sicily. Mm-hmm. 115.5 is his average against Richmond in his last four. He scores of 141, 118, 128, and 75. I don't know know why I don't trust him. It's just like that thing you've been burnt with a 58. You really don't want to back him in the next week. Yeah, it's that recency bias, really. That's that's all. It's just the the psychology of the super coacher. Um, Richmond as well. They don't really give away too many points to defenders, but at least... I was I was taking note when I uh, recorded my um, team talk video, which uh, is just uploaded by the way. Um, but in terms of against North, North are actually the stingiest side to opposing defenders. Oh, really? Which yeah, I would have never have guessed. But yeah. um, there we go. So maybe this is a bounce back game. Just hopefully they yeah. weren't taking any notes on the weekend. They're like, hmm, okay. Tick, well, it didn't really did it sleep. really work? Like no, because you know they lost I mean? the game. Like... And they shifted the tag. No. It annoys me so much when teams are getting pumped tag a player. Like, yeah, it just like what do you? It's not benefiting. Like, you I get all. kind of doing it for a little bit to, you know, when the game's gone, you kind of want to throw the magnets around and just see how, yeah. see how you line up. But like, why continue doing it or why do it all game? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, the only benefit I think is like where. If if the opposing coach knows that if they put a tag on a certain player, then all in all likelihood it's going to make them move that player into another position, so it throws out their structure. I can mm. see that point, but apart from that, like if yeah, you don't want to be tagging the one player all game and they're getting pumped. It's like, well, what's yeah. the benefit? Yes, yeah. negating one player and at the especially when of, you start that way, I think that's when it frustrates yeah. me because I'm like, now you should throw out the magnets to try and win. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's a bit stupid, isn't it? But uh, anyway, let's move on to the next game, and it is Brisbane up against Geelong on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. at the Gabba. And we have Lockie Neal in his past four against the Cats. He's averaged 108.75, featuring scores of 128, 75, 98, and 134. Uh, he's been out of oh, well, on the weekend. He uh, dished up that putrid score, um, but he actually mm. hasn't been too bad prior to that. 
um, scoring uh, that, that nice score against the West Coast, of course, the West Coast. Um, the West Coast. With a, with a 142, uh, 143 against Richmond prior to that as well. And he actually had a run of, what, three, six, seven, eight games in a row where he scored over a ton. Um, so he was due for a downer. That's always the case. So this is the bounce back game, maybe, perhaps. Yes. Yep. Agreed. Uh, on the other side of the field, though, we've got Tommy Stewart. Now, I would probably steer clear of him. He is an average of just 60 against the Cats. Mm. Scores of 83, 58, lines. 80. Sorry, lines. Correct. Well, the lines are Cats, so technically yeah, you're correct. Just, yeah, exactly. The big Cats. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> scores of 83, <laughs> 58, 81, and 18, which would have been injury affected. So, yeah, I think we can discount that. But even then, it's still only mm. really equates to probably an average of about 70. So yeah. not strong. No, exactly right. Uh doesn't doesn't give you that uh warm fuzzy feeling in Zibali. No. Uh now speaking of which, let's move on to the captaincy options. And there's a couple of oh. juicy options amongst these. Uh yes. so the first game we have Frio up against Sydney on Saturday at 7 40 p.m. at Optus Stadium. And first up we have Andy Brayshaw. Uh he's averaging a 103.75 against Sydney with scores of 88, 96, 109, and 122. So a bit of a mixed bag there as we speak of. A um, couple of uh, couple of snakes, a um, couple of bananas. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. But the, this next guy, though, Liam, oh, juicy. Juicy. Errol Golden. Let's not. Let's just jump straight in, my boy. Yeah. 156, 113, 127. Those are his last three. Oh, he's only three scores against the Swans. Uh, sorry, against the Dockers. Oh God, I'm really struggling today. <laughs> Windley there. Um, all all tons, and that last one, 156, came earlier this year. That's an average of 132 from those three games. So, could be in for a big one. It's a risky captaincy mm. option, though. It, it it is it is very much a risk. But is this does this provide a little bit more security, Liam? In his past five games, he scored 111, 164, 124. 143 and a 117, which is mm. on the weekend. So he's got a little bit of form behind him at least. So it'll if be a pod. Can... I reckon it'll be a pod uh, more than anything. There is a guy that plays to plays tomorrow, plays the day after that could be a good C option. Yeah. If you want to put the um, VC on Golden. So you could put the VC on Golden if you've got a late loophole option. Um, I can't remember when the Giants play. I think they play on Sunday, but I could be wrong. Interesting. Who are you referring to there? Uh, you'll see when we get there. <gasps> okay. All righty. Well, let's round out this game first off. Uh, and it is uh, Luke Ryan, the other option. Um, he's averaging a 95.25 against the Swans with scores of 85, 128, 106, and 62. Jeez, mm. I'm, I'm keen to hear who this player is, Lynn. Oh, wait. You might have to wait a little bit longer. It oh, is... Okay. This is the next game. Next game after this one. Oh. Uh, same time. I hate when they do this. Oh, why? Like, why? But anyway, Port Adelaide up against Collingwood Saturday at 7.40, the exact same time as the Fremantle game you. Um, uh, at Adelaide Oval. And just just make them 10 minutes apart so that you can flick between them during the quarter time breaks, you know, all that kind of stuff. Seriously. Anyway, yeah. Nick Jacos. He's got he's played the power twice for scores of 149 earlier in the season and a 77 for a average of 113 in those two games. 
absolutely massive, but also comes into this game with one, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight, nine consecutive tons. Yep. Um, and three of his last, no, four of his, his last four scores all above 130. Jesus. And the last time he, let's have a look at his fantasy. So let's have a look at his averages at stadiums. At venue, Adelaide Oval, he has an average of 121 from his three games there, 163 being his high score and 72 being his low score. Amazing. And we uh, we recall as well that uh, that game earlier in the season, Lockie Jones was put on him as the uh, mm. as the, the cooler. And uh, Ken Hinckley came out pre-match uh, and was saying, oh, yeah, no, 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 we're not going to just negate one player. We're, we're better than that. And just absolutely disrespected him. And... He tore the power to shreds. So it's going to be interesting to see. Surely they're going to um, try something on him Probably. this time around. Surely, like Hinkley's learned his lesson. Um, but again, you're not going to be doing it at the expense of the rest of your side and uh, the power they're up against it. Um, they didn't look very good against my mob on the weekend, provided we played well, but um, they had a couple of key outs as well. Um, but I think, yeah, it's going to be tough for them regardless. Uh, but let's uh, move on to the next player. And it is Connor Rosie. He's averaging an 85.25 uh, in his last four against the Pies. Uh, 92, 119, 38, and 92. So, yeah, don't know about him. But he's an option if you want. Um, moving on to Melbourne up against Adelaide Sunday at 3.20 at, Mar- at MCG. Sorry. Uh, Max Vaughan, pick him. Mm, 122, 122.25. Is his average against the Crows 124, 100, 107, and 158. Max Gorn, could you could you take the risk with a C? I reckon you could. Well, off off the back of the weekend, um, mm. Grundy doesn't come into the side. If Grundy doesn't come in, I'd I'd consider it 100. Especially I'll... if you were down, like if you need to pull out a big score. Yeah, a bit of a pod captaincy option could be a nice little risk. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to help you as well late in the round. Um, a lot of people, I wonder what the stats are if we can find it. But uh, I just imagine a lot of people would would put the VC obviously on an earlier game. That's that's yeah. a, that's granted. Yeah. But the captaincy option as well. I wonder how people, how long people wait to use it. Like mm. do they use it early on? How often do people use? It? Like we always joke about putting it on a player in the last game last of the round. Game. Just because I, I don't think many people would do it unless it's a super standout. Um, like at Lockie Neal or something. Um, but yeah, interesting. Like Lockie Neal against West Coast, I'm referring to. But um, yeah, wonder, wonder what the stats are on that. But yeah, uh, he would be someone to look at. Absolutely. She's, this game is is just filled to the brim with some good options here. Uh, next one mm. is Rory Laird. He's probably got an asterisk over him just because of the fact that uh, he copped a bit of a stinger to the, uh, they call him to the AC joint uh, to his shoulder. So they're monitoring him throughout the week. Uh, he of course played on. He's out. Got a bit of a uh, got a bit of a jab. Went out there, didn't feel his arm, uh, and just I think he notched up another thirty odd points um, in the the next half of the quarter uh, to to round out the match. So did very well. But yeah, please don't be out, Rory Squared. Um, but he's averaging a one forty two against the D's, and <laughs> look at these scores in his last four: one thirty, one twenty three, one ninety five, and a one twenty. Um, so if it wasn't for that, uh, that niggle, I would be very, very keen to put the captaincy on him. Mm. 
just based upon, I mean, he's, sc- he's scoring in, in recent times, form-wise, has been up and down. Scored that 151, obviously, on the weekend. But, yeah, he. Uh, I love that historical form line. It's good. That That's what makes you feel warm and fuzzy in the uh, in the tummy. Well, you've got... Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> you've got the historical form line and you've got the recent form line um, mm. of 151. Like, he's in form. Could be a could be a good one to pick. I don't mind him. He's one that I would be considering if you want to go Errol Gordon as your VC. Yep. I like it. Jordan Dawson, though, another option. Mm. 100.25 is his average against the Ds with scores of 144, 104, 66, and 87, though I'd probably discount those later two scores um, and focus more on the 144 and 104 just based mm. off his role change. Yep. I like it. Uh, scored a 126 in the weekend as well. So yep. um, not too bad from Jordo. Uh, and then rounding us out is the track, the truck himself, Christian Petrarca. 189 uh, was his uh, most recent game against the Crows. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible. Uh, then a 116, 126, and 132 for an average, four-round average, or four-game average against them, 140.75. Um Again, he's probably he's, he's scoring quite well as it is, considering he's playing more time up forward. forward mm. Um, with sort of pinch hitting now in the uh, in the midfield, which is uh, incredible to see. He's kicked two, uh, sorry, he's kicked four goals back to back, eight goals across two rounds, and prior to that, he scored four behinds when he was yeah. um, notably inaccurate for that game. So, going to be interesting, but uh, Goodwin's going to persist and uh, at least he's kicking goals up there uh, for the yeah. likes of, of myself and other owners. Um, he's CBAs, uh, just to point that out. He was uh, around about uh, 80, 87, 75 leading into the past two weeks where he's then gone 50% and 43% CBAs. Um, so they've dropped off uh, a fair bit, but uh, he's still punching out scores. But mm, he was he was hard done by on the weekend. I'll contest Yeah, that. I will say that. To an extent, but um, I think with that recent form line that he's got and with that historical average, mm, he's juicy. Yeah, he's juicy. I just think the role's risky. Like It is risky. It's juicy, but it comes with that risk as well. Yeah. yeah. Without those four goals, I wonder what his score mm, line Well, that's it. Be. What did he score on the weekend? 120-odd? Uh, yeah, he scored a 113. Um, yeah, okay. which was very much under. Yeah, he actually low. scored lower than his AFL fantasy, which is just utterly ridiculous as the major goal scorer for Melbourne. But um, 26 disposals, four goals, two, um, three marks, four tackles. Um, so yeah, he's still getting the sort of numbers that he's, that he was getting possessions wise anyway. Yeah. When he's just, in the midfield. Yeah. Around about that mark, probably uh, two to four disposals less, but yeah, it's just the scoring wise. Um, He's still kind of getting up there. Like even when he was full-time mid, 121, 128, 122. Yeah, okay. So not that far off. Around the mark. But yeah, you'd want to see him in the engine room without Clary yeah. being there. That's where he does his most damage. Exactly. Let's move on to the last game of the round. St. Kilda up against North Melbourne Sunday at 4.40 p.m. at Marvel Stadium. And we just got the one guy here, and it's Jack Sinclair. He's got an average of 92.75 against the Ruse with scores of 99, 140, 75, and 57. Though it comes with a massive caveat that he could be tagged by North Melbourne. Yep. And I would not be going uh, just 
no, talking about risky. the matchup exploitation. As I mentioned earlier, when it came to Sicily, they concede the second least points to wing defenders. Yeah, um, it's really going to come down to where he plays as well. If he plays through the middle, yeah, it probably still doesn't help him enough. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's a positive well. correlation with him. They they give up the most points to inside mids, but yeah, if he's as you say, it's kind of down to his role. If he plays in defense primarily or off the wing, high half back, that sort of traditional role, then I don't think it's going to bode well for him. But surely they they're going to put some uh, attention into him. Surely considering that they did that for Sicily. Yeah. Very nice. Well, um, <sighs> let's jump into our little captaincy head-to-head, Liam. So uh, on the weekend, um, I went for English, and yeah. I feel bad because I know you wanted to take him, and I tried to claim him first up because I thought I had the first pick, but I didn't, and you did. I didn't really want to take him, but yeah, I felt okay. bad taking him from you. No, you shouldn't have because I, I no, was going to put did. the VC on him. Anyway, so I, I I reaped the rewards with my own team. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just felt felt dirty. <laughs> okay, well, that's quite noble of you, uh, the humble man you are. Um, so I went for English, scored a one seventy three, and you went for Parish, who scored a ninety two. Fuck him. And um, what was that? Fuck him. <laughs> I thought you said that, uh, <laughs> but he wasn't the only one though. Like, yeah, Merritt, as we know, he scored. Pretty, no, yeah, pretty everyone scored poorly. I will give them that. Yeah. But uh, that gives me an extra win on the board. So I go to 10 wins and you've got seven. And the difference is 196. You got the first pick this week though, Damon. So while you figure out who you're picking, I will uh, take a look. Okay. Well, I can't go for English, obviously. So you've got uh, first dibs on him, Liam, if they've got the second pick. Because he would probably be my first pick. Uh, so there's my spoiler alert. Um, and considering I can't go for him, I'm going to back in Zibont for a big game. I think he could go large. Um, he's due. Uh, he needs to he needs to get some votes on the board for the Brownlow, I think, to try and catch uh, Nicky Dacos. So, yeah, for me, it's between... I'm tempted by Goulden just to go left field, but uh, I won't go for Rory Laird because I'm scared. Yeah, Colton didn't know it. So I'm going to go for Bond. Lock him in. That was a whirlwind. Um, <laughs> I'd love to go to Rory Laird. Feels mm-hmm. risky though. Yes. Tim English. I mean, Tim English just historically plays well against us, apparently. I don't remember him specifically in any of the games. Obviously, he plays well against us. But I also like Golden. Yes, your boy. And I also like Dacos. <laughs> Split it between them. Yeah. You get a quarter of a point. Oh, let's go head-to-head, Tim English. Tim English, yes. Nice. Well, uh, let's, Liam, move on to the last segment. And it's where people send us in snail mail. Uh, the electric kind, the electronic kind. And it is... I can't snow. No. Hey. That's to know. Ian, I got to know. Oh, yes. Go Go, go ahead. (laughs) After you. (laughs) After you, good sir. (laughs) Ian, I got to know. We throw it open to you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community, and we answer your burning questions. And the first question, David, I'm going to handle it straight to you. Malcolm at Cardinals 
278 on Twitter. I have no cover. Is it worth using a final trade to go Ashcroft M8 to talk who will then become my M8? Ooh. Very good. Well, just just quickly as well. I reckon that was the the first and only time I've been in uh, been in unison. We've been on the same key. Yeah, I know, right? And it's been by, by accident. I've been talking about getting a quartet together, and Liam, see the foundations are there. Anyway, answering this question from oh. Malcolm, um, I think it's a no brainer for me. Anyway, uh, I spoke of oh, yeah. Tuki Tuki Miller. Um, he's got the scoring rate up already. Whatever it was, one point one six points per minute. Um, ridiculous. So yeah, all he needs is some extra time on ground, and he'll start hitting those heights that we know uh, that he can hit over you know one hundred and twenty five plus uh, captaincy scores uh, in the kit. Uh, Ashcroft, as we know, he can only really score well when he's at the Gabba. Um, it's only going to cost that being you said, an extra sixteen k or thereabouts. I know, I know Ashcroft on the weekend. I know he, I know he did his first first good score away, away from, from the Gabba. Yeah, that's a fair call. Um. But yeah, having said that, he's been in some good form. 111 up against Richmond, 148 against West Coast, and as you say, 102 Plays at the G against the Ds. Three of the last six at the Gabba. Mm, okay. 50, 50. He's given me Nick Dacos vibes of last year. Yeah, I saw Tim Mitchell mention that on, uh, on Twitter. I have to say, not quite to the same level. I think Nick Dacos went to another level. But Ashcroft has given me that bit of, we probably could have held him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think, yeah, the fact that uh, uh, Malcolm's held him for as long as he has, he's got an extra 45.4K just on the weekend alone. Uh, mm. is incredible. His break-even still 37. <clears throat> Could go up in more. He should go up in more in price. But I think I always compare it, you know, five rounds into the season. Uh, if you were given the choice of swapping Ashcroft for Took Miller, almost at his peak, he's not quite at his peak yet, but knowing what he can produce, uh, he's come back pretty strong from injury for the cost of, of 16K. Would you take it? 100% if it were me. Um, I see it as a really big upgrade. Uh, I think over the over the course of the remaining games, um, I yes. see yep. Miller um, outscoring Ashcroft. <laughs> so comparing the pair, I would go uh, for that in a heartbeat, 100%. Uh, and just, yeah, the fact that you've held him for so long, you actually eked out an extra... 100k almost um, from when a lot of people were trading him after his 62 game in round 15 mm-hmm. against St Kilda. So, yeah, incredible stuff there to hold him, Malcolm. And uh, yeah, it could bridge that gap to someone like a took, as you mentioned. And I quite like it. So uh, I'm in favor of that trade. I'm not against holding Ashcroft another week. Mm. Took Miller's break even off memory was about 103. Comes yep. up against GWS. Might be a tougher game for him. Um, yeah, could potentially see Ashcroft go up in price a bit more. Yep. Get a decent score from him at the Gabba. Uh, coming up against oh, Geelong. Yeah, okay. No, I'm actually changing my mind to trade him. <laughs> trade him. I, I see what you mean. Not though. that like, I think he'll go badly, him. but just... Yeah. yeah, I think it just comes down to whether you can hold him another week. And get another week's look at Took Miller. Yep. Yeah. Not that I think yeah, Took Miller is a bad pick, but just I don't know. It's just it's sometimes nice to get that extra week. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's pleasing to see just with Took as well the fact that um, the correlation is there now with uh, Stewie Jr. No, no longer being there. 
um, who, by the by the way, would have loved our discussion and uh, constant references to lollies, um, talking about when someone threw randomly threw a lolly into the coach's box and he just ate it up like a hoover. Remember seeing that? Hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to uh, I'll have to link it to you. I'll show it and I'll pop it up here in the uh, the uh, the vodcast here on YouTube. Sounds um, like someone someone throws the lolly and lands like literally on the desk. I don't know if they're throwing it at him. But he like picks it up without even a second thought, pops it in his gob, and then like leans over and like says thank you to whoever it was. <laughs> <laughs> it is the best thing ever. It is so funny. But uh, he would have loved the uh, the chat about and constant references about lollies because of that. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, um, S- Stephen King now being the interim coach, the um, you know obviously he him coming in, CBA is being granted back to talk when they were sort of taken away in the first game for talk back on the park so yeah maybe there still is that slight risk that he may play again less game time um but that's negate that risk is negated for me anyway just by the pure fact that he's still scoring 1.2 rounding it up 1.2 points a minute mm. um which is really good scoring rate still there hasn't dropped away no matter how many minutes he's playing um so yeah for me i, I would i would go for it but again if you want to hold maybe a week that's at most why i would uh i would hold yep i agree entirely there Moving on to the next question, it is from Fools on Twitter at Fools Finesse. And he asks Damon, or she, we don't know. Could be either. Hold or trade Tom Green. I'll uh, I'll handball this back your way, Liam. Okay, I'm gonna handball it straight back. One, two. Um no, I'm just joking. <laughs> one, two. Um I think there's too many questions. Sorry, too many there's a lot of variables here for me to answer this. So true. holding him, it comes down to, yeah, there's a lot. Sorry. There's a lot going on. I think it comes down to where you sit in terms of your trades. If you have not many trades left, you could potentially hold him. Depends on what cover you've got. Depends on what you're playing for overall or um, leagues. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of variables going on. Who else you've got out currently? I'm assuming you got Dunks. Um, does he come back? I probably lean if you've got if you've got the trades, and if this is your final trade, I would not be making it. I'd be holding no. Tom Green. Yep. If you've got two to three trades, I think it's a coin flip, and it depends on the rest of your side. If you've got more than three trades somehow, then I think you could trade him. And I think I would trade him if I had more than three trades. Yep. He's out for two more games, which is, as we said, a third of the season to go. Yep. And and with a hamstring injury as well, we don't know. It's not like definitive three weeks, as they mentioned. It could yeah. extend beyond that as well, depending on the severity of, I mean, just look at Clary, the pink sweaty pig. He's supposed to be a one week or at minimum and uh, bang, he's been out for God knows how long now. I even forget the, uh, the taste of uh, the sweet bacon. It's been that long. Um, but yeah, for me, I would be looking to trade him down to someone like a Took Miller. Um, yep. especially if you've got more than um, you know, a few trades up your sleeve, that that'll give you um close to 80k to then put towards uh, you know, if you need another upgrade or even just having trades in the bank, yeah, uh, to to help you. Because, like me, for example, I had 100k in the bank, was able to trade green straight to Sicily, whilst it didn't pay off on the, the first week, and hopefully it does at some point, but um it shows the value, the value of having a bit of extra coin in the bank. Even if you do have a, you know, you're down to three, two, one trades or whatever, if you need to use them. Agreed. Agreed entirely. Very nice. Well, uh, let's move on to, um, I guess, going through the Supercoach Edge Cup public group and 
leagues and all that sort of stuff before we wrap up. Yes. And uh, for round 18, our Supercoach Edge Cup public group leader, again, carryover leader, yet again, Adam, mm. with his team all too hard. And it is not all too hard for no, Adam. He has a round score of 2,475, and he has gone up in the rankings. He sat 19th before the start of this round and now has gone up four spots to sit 15th overall. Ooh. So he is just outside the top 10, and we are all sitting here barracking for you, cheering you on as you yes. climb the ladder to greatness. Top scorer for the round, though. Damon, who was that? I love this name. Uh, yeah, it's Taylor. <laughs> Very good. With his team name, Wilkie Bar Kid. Very good. good. Saints I man, even if you're pun. not, I like it. Yeah, the punny names are the best. Yeah. So good. Uh, round score of 2,625, if you don't mind. Very, very Ooh. good. Uh, with a round rank of 39th overall. So Massive well score. done to you, Taylor. And well done for having uh, an awesome team name. <laughs> double points. Yes. Yep. Double points. For our Patreon exclusive group, the leader is, I mean, come on. Do we need to, we should just record ourselves doing this and just oh, no. not have to waste our, waste our breath every time because, of course, <laughs> it is. It's T Prestitutes Inc. Jonas Goat, yet again. Very, very well done. And I don't, yeah, I just I just love that he's, he's just up there every week. Round score, 2,316 and an over rank of 2,000, sorry, of 228. So absolutely flying there. Yeah. And just, uh, I'm, I'm behind him as well in, uh, yes. in that, uh, that table. And I'm trying to peg, peg him back and I just can't. Actually, I, uh, I gained 11 points on him on the weekend. So I'm, I'm coming for you, Jonas. I'm coming for you. <laughs> if the season went for like 40 weeks. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, probably longer. But yeah. Um, top and score the top scorer? Yes, it was Matthew with his team, Wox Warriors SCM. Uh, with a score of 2,459 Supercoach Masters, potentially. Mm, uh, I think so. Uh, the, uh, the loose crew over there. What about uh, in terms of our Patreon-exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League? How did things turn out there on the weekend? Yes. Popperball FC was defeated by Tun618, 2,095 to 2,362. Damon, you took on the sharpshooters, top of the tables battle yeah. there. And you came out victorious, 2,327 defeated, defeating sharpshooters, 2,117. Scott Arthur with his team black on white. He was defeated by Wade from his, from Carps Crushers, 2,227 defeating him by 2,000, defeating him 2,250. Very, very close one there. Mm. And Damon, I took on Peter Tankers, our oh. father-in-law, and he got a absolute hot with me in this game. 2,186 <laughs> for myself, defeating defeated by Tankers, 2,369. Very, Absolute very good. week. I'm also just frustrated. Every time I play Sharpshooters and Brett, God love you, but every time I play you, you, you beat me. And then every week that I don't play you and I could beat you, you're playing someone else. And <laughs> it's so frustrating. But what, what about, I thought you were going to speak of uh, Peter's form there. What's no, the absolutely head to, massive. What's the head-to-head battle now between both of you? I think you, uh, uh, you obviously I've won had the, the one. I think I've had one win against him. That was, that was like our 17 the, matches. I swear I play him every second week. That that was the uh, the wedding, wasn't it? That was uh, my wedding. Actually. No, yeah, he, no, he won the wedding. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. I thought you might have run it. Oh, okay. No, I didn't win that one, unfortunately. 
And speaking speaking of uh, the old pistol, Pete, uh, he's he's gifted a little mascot. I don't know if you can see it there on screen, but it's uh, they're cufflinks of Clary, Clary Oliver. <laughs> Clary. So there he is, oink oink. So a uh, little mascot here. Um, it'll be uh, sitting. You can just have him just sit him on the microphone for the rest of the uh, rest of the episode. You're just here, just here, just randomly in the mic. And that's, that'll just be from him balancing precariously on the mic. But anyway, let's have a look at uh, how the table looks uh, for this league. And uh, I went ahead, uh, as you mentioned, in the uh, top of the table clash uh, between myself and the sharpshooters. Uh, so I've gone ahead by a win, uh, four points ahead on the table, top of the table, 14 wins ahead of the sharpshooters on 13 wins um, in third spot. We have Tun618, Matthew, uh, with nine wins. In fourth spot, Scott Arthur, black on white, with seven wins. So a little bit of a golf um, uh, pretty much presenting itself there between third and fourth. Uh, then Carps crushes Wade. His team is in fifth spot, seven wins uh, behind on points differential. And Liam, you're in sixth spot. Church of Parish uh, with six wins alongside, but ahead on points of Poppable FC, Dylan's team. Also on six wins and tankers rounding us out again. Jeez, just so nice holding up the ladder for all of us. Yes. Uh, in eighth spot with six wins as well, but obviously lagging behind with points scored overall. I can smell potentially uh, a pie, a, a, a triple chili pie potentially in the uh, in the oven for Pete. Uh, I'll have to wait and see. Um, but that brings us to the end of the show. But before we go, Liam, where can our listeners find us across our socials? Yes, on YouTube, search Super Coach Edge and please don't forget to like and subscribe. We're very close to hitting our target. Help us get there. We're 103, 103 subscribers away. Uh, Twitter at Supercoach underscore Edge. You'll just find plenty of fun stuff there, like some quotes from uh, the good man, yep. Jared Waitley, some direct quotes. Uh, you'll find Damon at at DemoJ88, (laughs) myself at at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Search Supercoach Edge and we'll be there for you. We'll be there. And uh, I'll create a a Threads account as well because I created one for myself and uh, just to see what what all the fuss was about. Do you use it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, you're totally right. It's kind of like a hybrid between now. I think a lot of people have tuned out by this stage, so we're not going to be attacked by the Elon Musk lovers. Um, (laughs) But we're not we're not uh, Zuckerberg lovers either. We're just kind of on the fence. Uh, we're just critiquing both uh, platforms. Um, I'm not a big totally fan right. of billionaires, personally. No, exactly right. <laughs> who, are you? who are you? There's a common thread there. Um, yeah. Common thread. Uh, speaking of hey. threads, though, yeah, very much like as you mentioned, it's a cross between Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, and yeah, it's a kind of like, and it prompts you to add like your Instagram Instagram friends onto the platform. It's like okay, well, makes sense. So you're not just speaking into the abyss, into the ether. Um, but I don't know. It's It was strange. It was kind of gave me vibes, like early Facebook vibes where people were yeah. like, people were actually, there's a guy that I used to work with and he was, he was like, yeah, I'm on threads. Yeah, this is the best. I'm like, yeah. that just reminds me of like Facebook or like, uh, how, what was it used to be? Like, how do you, how are you feeling or something? It used to, used yeah. to prompt you. Um, but yeah. And then someone, I think it was, yeah, it was actually his girlfriend, posted a screenshot or a photo of him on his phone on threads being like, Oh my God, my boyfriend's addicted to threads. And I'm like, nah, I don't know. I think I've checked it like twice. Yeah. I haven't checked it since I joined. I think, yeah. So, yeah. I think it's just too much effort to like, 
restart your Twitter account, essentially. Yeah. Like you yeah, gotta exactly follow right. people, you gotta find people. Like yep. I don't know. Too much work, too much effort. And no hashtags. Like, how do people find you? That's a thing. Yeah. See, maybe now we're actually lovers of Elon Musk. Yeah, so for all go. those people Not that, that Elon uh, Musk set up the hashtag exactly on Twitter, but yeah, not that he actually founded Twitter at all. He actually just bought the platform. Yeah, um, have a bit of a tendency to do that. Yeah. And, and uh, just claims it all for himself. <laughs> like, I'm the smartest man alive. Boy, everyone is stupid except me. Anyway, before we uh, get absolutely lynch mobs, I think I can people marching down my street with, uh, with flaming torches and pitchforks. Um, so stick let's to footy, Damon. Yeah, stick to footy. Let's do that. Um, but as always, <laughs> thanks for tuning in, and thank you as well for those people that have have subscribed so far. It's uh, yes. the it's gone up by rate of knots, which is good um, to help us tick along because there was looking at one stage where. We may not even hit the 900 uh, subscriber mark. So thank you, uh, as always, for those people who have supported us, tuned in, whether it be through the podcast, vodcast, um, or just peering through our window like this uh, this person that's doing right now. And yeah, if you haven't subscribed, as we said, if you can, give us a little bit of a follow, subscribe, and help us uh, along our way. Because it's going it's to help us help you, really, cause, because yeah. you're going to be getting a bit of a kickback here uh, in the form of giveaways, uh, cash leads yep, in 2024, exactly. and so on and so forth. So with that, that's it for another episode, Liam. Uh, thanks, as always, for tuning in. All the best for the Thank round you. ahead. Hopefully, there's no carnage for any of us. Fingers and crossed. we bounce back. The yin and the yang. Let's hopefully, it's the, it's... whatever the good one is, the yin or the yang. Who the knows? Yin. I don't know. <laughs> is either of them good? Yes, one of them is good. It's the yin <laughs> and the yang. That's a cycle. So let's see it tick over and uh, we'll catch you. Same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.